are. Are we on? We're on. Oh, I love that. Hi. Make sure it sounds okay. Oh, it sounds good. I I can hear myself. All right. Okay. Tonight we are drinking painkillers because we're talking about Big Big Pharma. Pharma. That was pretty. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting in sync. We are. I like it. Okay. So I've never had a painkiller. Neither. I didn't even know. I said, what was that? When you texted me. I think it's like a, like a feisty spin on pina coladas. Right. So two ounces of rum, Mm -hmm. four ounces of pineapple juice, Mm -hmm. one ounce of OJ, Mm -hmm. and one ounce of cream of coconut. Yes. So rum, pineapple juice, OJ, cream of coconut. And of course I doubled it for both of us and then I added a little bit more rum. Love it. Okay, okay, so then, I'm going to pour it in this. Ooh, I'm pouring really good. Oh, wow. You're so talented, Ooh, This is Micah. so full. I wonder. All right. Okay, here we go. Let's taste these. Painkiller, a.k.a. welcome to the tropics. Cheers. Love it. Cheers. Let's do this thing. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> that... Am I in Hawaii? Am I? Are we on the beach? Am I in Hawaii? Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Okay, guys. You know what? We're on a roll with the cocktails. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's two for two. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Well, wow. we'll give you a minute to mix that up for yourselves because I'm sure everyone has cream de coco on well, hand. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. So I was, uh, so like we said, this is big pharma and I know that's a huge topic, but well, we should just talk about the industry because that's going to unveil so many conspiracy theories because the industry is corrupt. Can you tell it's, what side I'm on? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there are straight up facts that sound like conspiracy, but they are so true about pharmaceuticals and then how they work within the industry, within consumers, within government, within all the that FDA. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You have lobbyists spending $250 million, a quarter of a billion dollars every single year. Basically, they have two lobbyists for every senator. And when it comes time to sign the law and sign the paper, I mean, they're going to side up with the pharmaceuticals companies because they're making so much money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're going to have their best interests in mind for sure. For sure. So let's just, let's kick it off. What is big pharma? What is that? Um, So the term is used to refer collectively to the global pharmaceutical industry. So this guy, Steve, Stephen Novella, he's an American clinical neurologist and assistant professor at Yale. Um, He's best known for his involvement in this like skeptical movement against big pharma so like him being in the industry and stuff and he he's like a very outspoken about like kind of proponent of all these theories right mm-hmm. so uh, according to him the term has come to connot- connotate a demonized form of the pharmaceutical industry so like basically it's like a curse word for the for pharmaceutical yeah. industry so that's whenever anybody says big pharma, they're just talking about the global pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, they're talking about and it's a, a negative connotation. Yeah, yeah, in a bad it, way. Right. It's not a good. It's not no. a good. They don't refer to themselves nickname. as big pharma. Right. right. So I don't know if you want to give 
like an, a little, you said, overview of the industry as a whole, like a highlight of it? Okay, so just kind of an overview of the pharmaceutical industry. It is a lot more powerful than we think. Mm-hmm. A lot of these uh, pharmaceutical industries are buying medical carriers, like CVS is buying Aetna. And then a lot of these carriers are buying out their own pharmaceutical companies to raise their stock, right? So UHC owns OptumRx and Cigna is acquiring Express Scripts. They're growing fast and they're able to kind of manipulate the stock market in a way. So not only are they making it, but they're distributing it as well. Like is that so the- that's a PBM. The Walgreens and the CVSs. Those are PBMs. That's a pharmacy benefit manager. That's basically like a network of pharmacists. Okay. So when they uh, partner with medical carriers, every doctor in that is incentivized. Okay. Exactly. Because it's covered under their insurance. Okay. For example, like I can't get my prescriptions filled at CVS anymore. I can only get them filled at Walgreens or Kroger. And that's because CVS acquired Aetna and we're with Blue Cross. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Wow. So you can't fill your... So Mm -mm. eventually once this catches on, like you you won't have your own choice. No, no. You already don't have your own choice. The medical profession is being bought out by the pharmaceutical industry not only in terms of the practice of medicine, but also teaching and research. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've heard a lot of these academic institutions, they are being funded, their R&D is being funded by these pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I mean, that's bias right there. Right. They're going to be able to skew one way or the other. The big thing right now is to look at what they're actually doing because Nine out of ten pharmaceutical companies spend more money on market than research and development. Mm -hmm. So really their purpose isn't um, for helping people. It's to make money. And um, a lot of these companies, like you don't realize, the R&D comes from government-funded programs. This is why this is not fair to you and me. Because we pay for research and development out of our taxes. The National Science Foundation, the National Institution of Health, National Institute of Mental Health, universities, mm-hmm. not-for-profit organizations. Funding for basic research has always been paid by the United States taxpayer. So the fact that we are paying our taxes towards these government entities that are funding this research and development and then we can't afford these drugs because they're so high and that's one of the main topics is that big pharma is controlling medical journals and clinical trials so here yeah while pharmaceutical companies may conduct clinical trials for any number of reasons the primary reason it's supposed to be for the safety right and the effectiveness of a new drug so the fda has a list of guidelines for properly conducting clinical trials but the drug company's primary motivation is to make profit. So I found this article on Forbes. This guy, his, his name is Dr. John Abramson. He's a pharmace- pharmaceutical industry critic. He's a, he's a neural, uh, God. Neurologist? He's a surgeon. What's the word I'm trying to say? Um, neural surgeon? Neurosurgeon. Neurosurgeon. Neural? You were trying to say. Oh, neural? <laughs> you know, the neurals. <laughs> you know those neurals that you surgery on? Those neurals. Dr. Yeah. John Abramson, thank you for surgering our neurals. 
<laughs> I'm not trying to pose over here. So he went on the Dr. Oz show, and he, he said, about 85% of clinical trials are now funded by the drug industry. They own that data. The doctors don't understand that they are getting a selected, filtered version of what the information is. Like, this is all true. But who should be funding these trials? We can't possibly do this. So if we want any information, like, so there's some checks and balances in this. and But that's also what else is corrupt because government, 80% of R&D, mm-hmm. of research and development, 80% is paid by government-funded programs by from your taxes. And 20% is paid so, by the pharmaceutical industry. An ideal clinical trial would cost five to ten times that amount of $50 million for the NIH. An expense, obviously, beyond the scope of our government's budget. Yet, long-term studies are done routinely in pharma and at times are required by the FDA for approval of a new drug. Mm-hmm. So these long-term clinical trials are, they're like, if you want this drug on the market, our government... Like, you have to spend, you know, a billion dollars on a long-term clinical study. So, I mean, if, like, if you just think about the whole logistics and financial burden of just doing one clinical trial. Well, that's why people are it's taking shortcuts. Exactly. It's insane. And, I, you know, in the industry... It's like, whatever, pay for it. Yeah. But we need all the information. We don't care that the pharma companies pay for it because they're much richer than our government's pharmaceutical That's agencies. That's actually a really good segue into the op- opioid. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so the next one we're going to do is the opioid epidemic. Yes. Tell us what it's about. So... Well, this is interesting because the opioid academic, a lot of people think Purdue, which is the pharmaceutical yes. company that created they got opioids. They a ton of trouble. So they always stated that less than 1% of anyone that takes Vicodin or an opioid will get addicted. Less than 1%. Purdue said that? Purdue said that. Okay. So the tests that they were originally looking at were from the 70s in the 90s that's when this whole this when it started really getting abused and they failed to mention but it was specifically talking about patients that were like either having surgery and staying you know a couple days or um patients that were in a coma and were about to fucking die like they weren't accurate study results and so they got in a lot of trouble and kind of basically started this this whole thing. So that's just like super fucked up. And that's not an accurate study. Mm-mm. Yeah. So oh. America represents 5% of the world population and 80% of opioid mm. pill use. Mm-hmm. Our country just loves pills. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, so... But we have to think about this because drugs aren't like all products, right? You need someone's permission to buy them. Mm-hmm. So pharmaceutical companies spend, you know, about $4 billion a year marketing to us. They spend $24 billion a year marketing to doctors. Because of, like, pharmaceutical salespeople, like, their salaries and, like, 
all their events and like you just have to think like how much does your company spend on marketing to your customers yeah exactly um so another really big deal in this industry is pushing doctors to prescribe a certain drug for non-fda uses like off-label prescribing that's what Mm -hmm. they call it is it like when those commercials said tell your doctor about this like Oh, what is he my drug dealer? Do I have to like? Well, yeah, because you're do- he is your drug dealer. Ask your doctor about blah blah blah. Like, what? Ask if I can have it, and they'll give it to me. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, not all doctors are like that, but there are a few. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but so every major drug company has paid money, a lot of money, to settle charges like this. AstraZeneca paid half a billion dollars. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson paid two point two billion. Eli Lilly paid $1.4 billion. Pfizer and its subsidiary paid $2.3 billion. For what? They're paying for what? They're paying to settle charges for Out massive charges. lawsuits because they are prescribing drugs for off-label uses, non-FDA-approved uses. What pill could calm you down and also bring you up at the same time? Prozac. Can it? Yeah, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how you feel? Or is that how they told you to feel? (laughs) So, okay. So basically, the real issue isn't that pharma companies pay for the trials. The issue is that critics believe that pharma companies manipulate the trial so the resulting data will support an NDA, which is a new drug application. And then they'll put that drug in the most favorable light possible. Mm -hmm. Like, they'll mark the shit out of that. So that's the concern. And here's the shitty thing. It's like, who else can pay for this? Who else has all this money to do this? The government doesn't. Yeah. And, oh, do we really trust the government that much? That's another point. Yeah. Really? Do Who do we feel better with? That's true. Nobody. So if we think that pharmaceutical companies are manipulating data, then we have to think that the FDA is too. They are. Right. So that's, They are. And that's the point. Like, yeah, and, and, and so there's like a high percentage of FDA workers that transfer into the pharmaceutical industry mm-hmm. after they've, uh, yeah. you know, given their service or whatever. Exactly. So this, like... Who's to know? I think this whole thing is fucking sketchy. So, this is... Okay, so Big Pharma invents diseases just to sell cures for them. They 100% do. Yeah. Like restless leg syndrome and dry eye. Oh, I totally thought I had restless leg syndrome for the longest time. It's a made-up disease. I how, how Who's to know? I got RLS. I thought I got it. <laughs> like and, a few years ago, I did. And halitosis. That was made up by Listerine. So Listerine. That's not a real. No. I didn't even know that. Listerine was invented in 1879, and it was used as an antiseptic and a floor cleaner. And then um, they needed more ways Is to sell it. Is that why it burns? Because it's like a cleaner alcohol yeah um and they marketed it to dentists for in-office oral care and then started selling it directly to consumers except consumers didn't need it 
Um, so the creators invented a disease that their product, quote unquote, cured halitosis, which is bad breath. And then if you look at like these old, we'll put one of these up, but if you look at these old um, articles and ads for Listerine, it's like, don't be the one that everyone <laughs> talks about in the corner. Don't have halitosis. Oh, like, it's like shaming. Shaming so bad. What? Disease mongering. So disease yes, mongering. that's what I was looking for. Yeah, it's trying to convince essentially, essentially well people that they are sick or slightly sick or people that are very ill. Um, and then one of the earliest examples is Listerine, and we were talking about that. Right. And halitosis. So the name halitosis was borrowed from antiquated medical texts and paraded as a disease. Like hysteria. Yeah. Like in ancient Greece. Like yeah. It has to do with the uterus. Oh, it's a woman. Hysteria. Yep. yep. Um, <laughs> so they paraded it as a disease that could have dire consequences for your personal and professional life by taking advantage of people's insecurities and through the creation of manipulative soap opera-like commercials. So, I mean, like, that was totally made up. And then, like, okay, so now osteoporosis, that isn't a real disease. Dry mm-hmm. eye, that's not a real disease. Well, then what are those? Like, are they just, like, you feel it's, bad? They're just natural. Like, it's a natural, your body's getting older and your body's aging. And everyone has dry eye. You can put lubricating eye drops or what is it called? Um, uh, saline. Yeah. That's what you use for dry eye. It's not a disease, though. Shift work disorder. That's not a disease. What is that? Shift work disorder. So, like people that work the night shifts or that something? work night sh- uh. night shifts and like have to do have opposite days basically and have to sleep during the day and work during night. Yeah. Apparently, that's a disease. It's called shift work disorder, or it's a disorder, whatever. How about you do it to yourself because you're working nights? Yeah, but I mean, they're just taking advantage of this, and then um, restless leg syndrome. That's not a real thing. Which I thought I had for sure, so they got me. I wonder what that is, though. It's like, um... Are you just twitchy? Kind of, but it's like your your legs go numb, or like you feel like tingling, or like they're twitchy. I think so like, your legs fall asleep? Is it like that? <laughs> I don't know. Let me look it up real quick. What is it? Resting, uh... RLS. Leg. A oh, restless. Restless. Not resting. That's the opposite. Um, Uncomfortable sensations in their legs. Yeah, like irresistible urge to move their legs to relieve the sensations. Look at the look at the drawing. Look how like uncomfortable she is in her bed. Oh God, she looks like she's fucking dying. Her legs about to explode. Yeah, there's. Typically in the evenings. Well, you know what? Now that we're saying all this, now that we have better insight into this, I am obsessed with the topic of sleep paralysis, which I've experienced. Well, that just happens normally during REM, your REM cycle. Oh my God, I've experienced it too. Where you can't like move. move. Yes. Yes. And you know what? It's really rare for people like us to wake up in that cycle to experience it. I've done it twice. I think it's happened to me once that I can vividly remember, but it's, happened, it's vividly. happened a couple of times in my life. So I think it's that. Yeah, because, okay, there was this time when I was in college my freshman year, 
and it was in between classes. And of course, like <sighs> freshman year, you're so tired in college. You're so sleepy. You're so always so tired. Duh, take a nap hard because I sleep all college. the time. And now. <laughs> oh my God. But you know what? Our naps in college were like, like angel baby naps. Like you had no responsibilities. You were just there on your parents' dime, just like getting an education. I'm rest my eyes and then I'm going to wake up and go party. Classes on Friday. Who goes So easy. Oh my God. Well, I, I wish go uh, for a day would we, you not have the best fucking day ever if you could go back to college for 24 hours. No, because I'm I would the type of person all my that would classes. wake up and be like, oh, only 23 hours and 50 seconds left <laughs> for the day. It's almost over. It's your, it's your like, college scaries. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So I would oh, need, no, like, you a need, month. Um, yeah, you'd need a month, for sure. Oh, we would be so good at studying and, like, time so, management. So Ace all my classes. If I could go back for a semester, I would fucking kill it. Oh, my God. How I would much, kill it. How much better at college would we be, about, like, right now? Yeah, because we're old ladies. We don't want to go out anymore. Well, we want to get our rest. Rest, and we're and you know what? We're hardened to life, so the <laughs> yeah. cushy life of a college student would be. You know what? I would love to pull an all nighter, sit here with like some notepads and like highlighters. How fun would that be? It's not fun. I, I know, you know that a little bit more, but see, for me, it's like nostalgic. It's like, fun to think about. It is no. Honestly, it's fun if you have someone else. Yes. It's not fun when you're doing it alone. No, that's true. It's... And you did it so alone for so I'm long. So alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm you so alone No, when you're I study. so good at No, you're the best studier that no, I know. No, I'm not. I just have a huge fear of failure. <clears throat> it's so it's through sheer willpower that you don't fail. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not smart and like Yes, you are. You're so smart. But it is smart that sheer thanks to Big Pharma. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh hey, thanks, guy that I met, like that sits like two rows back from me that gave me half a pill that he said was Adderall in the West Library that I totally took because I was nineteen years old. Oh, you old. don't take Adderall, do you? No, I don't. But I didn't know what it looks like, especially in college. No, now I do. I did. I took Vivian. Do you for take a while. it every day? No, 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 no. But back in college, when I didn't know anything, like this guy, like randomly met me at the West, like uh, West uh, Campus Library oh my God, to sell you Adderall. No, he just gave it to me. Oh, I was like, hey. And then he looked at my, then he looked at my Facebook and like, you know how like you were very descriptive on Facebook, like when it first came out, like oh in two thousand six. I put my fucking address on Facebook. Oh, a hundred percent. My you put home address, like a fucking retard. <laughs> oh, I put like under like religion. I put like Jesus. Oh, yeah. In all caps, and he, like the guy like replied he's, after he gave me that half a pill, which I took, and I was so naive. I should not have taken it. God, I would be so much better at college. Was it Adderall? Yeah, I think it was. Well, it didn't hurt me. But, like, but then he messaged me. He's like, well, oh, God, what did he say? He was like, well, I don't think, like, 
I don't think Jesus likes me, so I doubt you would. I guess he's like an atheist or something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. get out of here. I just use you for that, like half an yeah. Adderall. You got another Adderall? Kind Give of me your Adderall. Adderall. Get out of here. Okay, the first time I ever took it um, was my junior year, and I was studying for a finance test. Your junior year in college was the first. Wow. The first I time I ever took it was like my sophomore year in high school. I, You know what? Small town. Helicopter parents. What oh, are my you brother do? got it senior year, and I was oh, like, "Lucky duck, give me some of that." <laughs> give me some of that. So no, I didn't do that. But like, like no, I had taken it. Like I said, that that the first time I took it, I think I was a sophomore in college. But then like, I took like a big full one to study for this finance test, and the first time I ever took it, I literally sat down at our apartment like counter, kitchen counter. And steady for 12 hours straight from 3 o'clock in the afternoon to 3 a.m. And I was like, I've got to go to bed. The test is tomorrow. Oh, my God. I couldn't go to bed because, like, that's the first time I take it. Now, like, I could take an Adderall and, like, two hours later I could go to sleep. I could take an Adderall and go to sleep two seconds later. Oh, sure. It's crazy. I remember... Oh my god, we used to take so much Adderall and st- just stay up and study. Mm-hmm. I remember we were cramming for an OCHEM test, and we're at, remember around, oh no, you didn't know us in college. We had a round kitchen table, and like, it'd be full of my papers all the time, because I was the only sure. one that fucking studied. Of course. And, um, I fell asleep <laughs> like this at the kitchen. <laughs> and, I, and I wake up, and I look at the clock, and it's like 7.58, and my exam's at 8 o'clock. <gasps> And Where'd you I, live? Were you close to... Fuck no, I wasn't no, close. No, you we were off campus. Fraternity Row, yeah. <gasps> so um, I got to campus as fast as I could, and my grandpa died for the fifth time that morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. All right, all right, all right. So Valiant, um, and you probably remember this in the news. This was a crazy story. Valiant Pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. They basically had the business model of acquiring different pharmaceutical companies, stripping their R&D, so stripping their research and development um, departments, basically stripping all their scientists and anyone that was trying to be innovative within the biomedical community and focusing solely on marketing rebranding so like no new studies were going into anything right the huge controversy here was when martin scrilly he drastically raised the price of darifrem which is an hiv medication it's literally a life sustaining medication from $13.50 a pill to $750 a pill one pill he raised it 5 thousand percent so it would cost uh hiv patients or aids patients almost twenty three thousand dollars a month their stock Sweet. went from about fourteen dollars a share to i think like 253 dollars a share they fucked everyone over really bad and this but is they did real good financial oh i bet they're all getting like attaboys yeah but Ugh. It did not last. Good. Let me just say that. Good. So, okay, so what Valiant did was they were a very small company at first, and they um, hired CEO Michael Pearson, who had a new vision for the company entirely, which was we are going to focus on M&A. 
we're just going to acquire different pharmaceutical companies, strip their personnel, just focus on marketing, keep all their salespeople for a couple of these drugs. We're going to rebrand them. And this like made them so much money. This made all of the executives billionaires, not millionaires, billionaires. Could you imagine having to spend going from 13 whatever a pill and having to spend a quarter of a million dollars every year on your medication or else you die? Listen, we're both business-minded people. You have to make money. Like money has money funds everything. Money runs the world. You have to have hundreds of billions of dollars to test these things. You can't like just put them out into the, the population. You have to do 10 years know, of but studies. But that's the thing. They're not doing the tests. But, but that, they're like, not using the oh, no, money no, towards no, no, the no. greater I'm just day. saying like I think that's all the, up, all up, like there's so much capital. Like we're all business minded, but it's like who's going to come in with the balance of, hey, you know what? We got to make a profit because we want to keep doing these things. But make sure these things are good. Like, that's the problem. And I don't think it'll ever be solved. Well, and they just, they get, they got too greedy. Because there's so much money. There's so much money. I mean, honestly, they did it the right way because if you think about it from the conspiracy side, because they partnered with the government. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're paying off the government. And the government, and with our taxpayer dollars, can't afford to do any of this stuff. So what, are they going to let people die? You know, like all the clinical studies, all the all the hundreds of billions of dollars it takes to get a drug through the steps, like through to the market. And then, you know what, they wouldn't do it if we didn't give them free reign to like advertise it. But it could help. But that, like... This whole subject is just, you could go round and round. You really can. But it's just a fucked up corporation. So anyways, yeah. Well, this, yeah, I don't know. I I don't even know how to end into this. I don't either. <sighs> do, 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 do. That's what you're like. Both pro-conspiracy here. A little bit. I think so. Yeah. You know, like, I I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's just the way that the business works. I know, but it's so fucked up. It is. So it's not even a conspiracy theory. I know, but it's It's like the truth. But that's the but that's the fucked up thing about it. So I think the definition of a conspiracy. No, no. Okay. So this is what I was going to say. Conspiracy theory has a really bad connotation throughout culture like it's like oh you're weird like oh you're crazy okay conspiracy theory it's a noun it's the belief that some covert but influential organization is responsible for a circumstance or event so this is a conspiracy actually so technically let me do a psa right now based on that definition let me just lay some truth psa announcement boop boop um, I've listened to, actually, and you know what, even my favorite murder, who I think, like, they're pretty careful, like, they don't, like, they have opinions, but they, they're pretty all-inclusive. I've heard this multiple times, like, a conspiracy 
theorist has a really bad connotation. And there's some fucking crazy people out there, like David Ick, like the reptilian guy. Like he's For a conspiracy sure. theorist. He's a nuthead. Like the flat earthers. Come on, guys. They're, like fucking, conspiracy theorists have a. And you know what? People are almost apologetic when they use the term conspiracy theory. Like. In anything other than a conspiracy theory podcast. Yeah. But based on that definition. I'm not apologetic. Sorry, not either. Sorry, not Read that again. Read the definition. Conspiracy theory. A belief that some covert but influential organization is responsible for a circumstance or event. Big Pharma is is responsible for fucking. The craziest inflation well, of how many pharmaceuticals. Things, how, how many events and ca- causes and events fit into that category that aren't the people in the tin hats? So many. You know what? I think we put that underneath our um, description. Let's do it. Let's do that. Because you know what? Before well, you just read that, honestly, I thought conspiracy theory. dictionary defines conspiracy theory. <laughs> conspiracy theory. <laughs> Conspiracy. Are we conspiracyists? Conspiracy. So, okay. In conclusion, conclude us up. Um, I, you know my opinion. Big pharma is so fucked up, yeah. and they're taking advantage of lack of regulation and the fact that they have no rules to go by. I mean, technically, everything that they do is still legal, and that is because. They fund the government so much. They have lobbyists working with the government. They spend a quarter of a billion dollars every year just to convince the government to not sign that, you know, petition or to not sign that new bill. Get into government. That's a whole nother podcast. But the fact of the matter is, they do not understand the healthcare industry. And if they do, then they're all corrupt too. Who? Who? Fully understands and does right by the healthcare industry. No one. Nobody. I, mean, I know. After talking to you and in your line of work, it's all fucked up. Yeah. It's taking advantage of a never-ending demand for a product. Everyone will be sick. Yeah. So, yeah. No, no, no. Pharma's I think we're all... Fucked up. <laughs> it's all fucked up. No, and that no, that's how, that's what we were saying is like there is a infinite demand for something that only a few can provide the supply for. Yeah, and that's when things get fucked up. Well, and the way that they do it, like through patents and stuff, like you have ten years for a patent. And then you can charge whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And then after that 10 years, then generics can start um, coming out. But And most people like change, generics. But Well, yeah, because they're so fucking cheap. cheap. If you change one thing on a patent, you can extend the life of that patent. Or if you rebrand it, you can get a new patent. Like, it is so fucked up, and they're all finding ways around it. Hey, anyone um, in the patent law business? Yes. Explain. That'd be amazing. Please. If we had a patent law. Oh, yeah, a right. pa- oh, please. Oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could actually do almost like a whole podcast on just this. Like a whole like podcast on Yeah, this. I'm sure like you didn't even get through half of your content. I know I didn't. No. 
We might have to redo this one or do it again. Part de. Part de. <laughs> Le trois. Part trois. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so. Yeah, what do you think? No, I I agree with you too. Like, I think it's um, it's all about supply and demand. There's a few that supply the demand and the demand is high. And, and that leads into a lot of money that everyone in the world needs something that they supply. Yeah, that's the thing. There's it's an like... unlimited demand for what you're doing. And there's so much money that if you kind of like, oh, well, what if we sandbag this thing? We could get, you know, another $100 million out of it. Well, why wouldn't you do that all the time if you're a greedy corporation? Um, I think that some things aren't as extreme. I think I want to give a little bit more credit to our checks and balances because if we don't, then I'll just think that... I want to give less credit to them. I want to take away the credit that you're giving them. Sure. And take no, it away. No, not to pharma... Per, per to check pharma, balances, too. To any kind of process that we have. Because, you know, if there wasn't any checks and balances, we obviously we would rise up and, like, nobody would stand for this. No, that's the thing. There are no checks and balances in this industry. That's why people are able to... Raise prices 5,000%. Okay, I just want to do like a quick little, let's say, what's a car? Like $30,000? Yeah. Let's say they did that in the car industry. Oh, shit. A $30,000 car would now cost $1.5 million. Just compare it to that. I mean, it's so fucked up. Anyways, well, <sighs> that's so much stuff. Fuck big pharma, but keep taking your meds, everyone. Because you know what? Here's the thing. You need them. Okay, guys. Love well, okay, well, we off. love you. God bless, bless you. And trust, trust no, no one. one. Ask all the questions. Don't trust anyone. You're all fucked up. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, Bye. Et cetera. Bye. <laughs>